Two moms, two marketers, two women new to the financial industry. They have a lot of questions. That's why they're bringing in financial experts to educate all of us here on A Penny or Two for Your Thoughts. Hey, everyone. It's Chantel and Liz with another episode of A Penny or Two for Your Thoughts podcast. Wow. I think I'm going to, should I re-record that one or should we just keep going? I think you just keep going. You can probably just roll with it. I think that's what we're doing. It was very giggly and happy. I liked it. Thank you. You know, listeners. Oh, yeah. I suppose we could go plural. Yeah. Yeah. Because Chrissy was on. and Yes. I think we have a few more. She's Mm -hmm. got a following. If you didn't listen to our last podcast uh, where we decided it was a good idea to have uh, chipmunk sounds, please. Probably two. Was it two podcasts ago? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a good one. That was a good one. And so we've been sitting here getting ready for our, our current podcast, and we've been practicing some some new words. Hoot and duty. Hoot and duty. And tubed meat. I'm not really sure how that one got wow. brought up. But I think we we're talking about <laughs> poor Cam. <laughs> our poor producer, he's in his little producer room sweating because we're sitting in here. He always starts sweating when yeah. Centris is in, got in, the, meat in the house. He's got the meat sweats. <laughs> yeah. And he said it's from tubed meat. Tubed meats. Too much tubed meats. Yeah. I don't know where this went, listeners, but um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna keep rolling with it. <laughs> or do you want to re-record? No, we're good. We're good. We're good. You know, today we have a guest that has wanted to be on this podcast for some time, and she is one of our like long-term listeners. She yeah. actually, I think we've called her out before because she was on uh um, elliptical she gave us or, a review or something, didn't she? Yes, but she was on the elliptical or treadmill, I think, and was going fast or listening or laughing or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> she did not get hurt. Nope. Everybody was safe in, in the exercise area, but she was listening and was laughing at us. So I think that was good. It's a win. I know. And now we have her here today as our subject matter experts. All right. Buckle up, listeners. We've got an amazing guest today. She's been at Centris for 17 years and has worked in our strategic risk management department for eight years. She oversees the BSA fraud and vendor management, as well as other risk areas for Centris. She's also a mom who we regularly, wow, I can talk today. (laughs) We can regularly swap kiddo stories with at the lunch table. Um, not to mention, we actually all sit near each other. We have like this area on the fourth floor at Centris and we just kind of all sit there and laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also maybe have dance parties that require no music. Um, so please welcome to our podcast, finally, Michelle Vibral, AVP Strategic Risk Management. Oh, I'm so excited Woo-hoo. to be here. And I love when Liz boots scootin' boogies across my office. Yep. I, I try so to do fun. that, especially when her door's closed and she, I know she's like on a webinar or something. I might give her a little shimmy and then walk away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just kind of makes your day. But she shimmies Elevator. back in all fairness. Yes. Please don't fire me. As you shake. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so guess what? I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited to be here. Good. 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 And you should be excited. It's it's November is International Fraud Awareness Week. And National Family Caregiver Month. And so we thought we'd have one of our subject matter experts come in and and talk to us about all the things because the amazing amount of work that your team does is incredible for our members and for the community at large, just trying to protect people from all the things fraud and just making sure everybody's 
protected, right? Yep. So uh, we're just going to jump right in. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Ready? Yeah, I said yeah. buckle up. So I hope everybody's seatbelts are fast. <laughs> telling you what. Click. Buckle up. Buckle up. All right. So International Fraud Awareness Week. Let's start with that. So we've we've talked a lot about this, just listening to you and, and your team, um, putting information on our website about cybersecurity and, and different things like that. But it can fraud can significantly impact people's lives in a very negative way. And so uh, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in the community and in terms of new fraud activities and how listeners can protect themselves. Yeah. So fraud is one of those tricky things where it's ever evolving, right? And it kind of changes as times change and it never stops. But um, as the old saying goes, the more things change, the more things stay the same. So some of the same fact patterns and tactics that were true 5, 10, 20 years ago are kind of true today. Um, fraudsters are just looking for new channels and new ways to exploit people. But their end game is kind of always the same, and that is to gather information in order to exploit somebody um, and to, you know, get information about them in order to exploit that information or, you know, their accounts and those kind of things. So, um, you know, really just being aware of what is actually occurring and, you know, verifying, are you clicking on the right website? Is this how my financial institution typically connects with me? Does this look right? You know, fraudsters have gotten really good about making leg illegitimate things look legitimate. Mm -hmm. Phone numbers, emails, websites. And so that is something we've seen a huge tick in in terms of a shift, um, but always just kind of trying to impersonate in order to gather that information. Right. And even though the 12th to the 18th of November is this International Fraud Awareness Week, one thing you've always said to us is it happens anytime, mm -hmm. anywhere, to anyone, right? And yep. it doesn't discriminate. No, no. So thank you for what you're doing and what your team's doing and, and helping us. Yeah, I've got a great team that makes sure that a lot of our members are educated and, you know, they're aware of what's going on and help push out all of the publications. So they really make me look good. <laughs> So we mentioned it's National uh, Family Caregiver Month, and I know um, there are a lot of listeners out there that are getting to the age where they're becoming caregivers, maybe for their parents or other family members that are getting older. Um, and I know one of the areas that your team focuses on is that elder care fraud, um, specifically with the financial aspect. So can you, for our listeners, describe what is elder care fraud and how prevalent is it? Yeah, so elder abuse or fraud is like an intentional neglect um, by any person that causes harm um, or serious risk um, of harm to an individual that's 65 or older. Um, different states have different ages in which they um, consider somebody to be an elder, but in Nebraska and Iowa, it's after 65 years of wisdom, you kind of get that prestigious title of elder. Um, and so that is kind of how you define it. Um, and there's a bunch of different types of abuse or fraud when it comes to an elder. So you could have physical abuse, neglect, emotional abuse, um, or financial abuse. And so we obviously focus a lot on the financial exploitation of our elder members. Um, and it's important to note, though, that not all of these just happen in a silo. It's not like I just go in and 
um, you know, financially exploit a vendor, most of the time there's a conjunction of these things happening at the same time. So if one item is there, there's usually multiple items of like neglect or abuse going on. So I know fraud doesn't necessarily have a specific victim that they like the fraudsters are always going after. Um, But why would you say older adults particularly are vulnerable to fraud? Yeah. So, you know, your older adult population typically has, um, you know, a set income coming in. It's guaranteed all every month, all of the time, whether it's be social security or pension or some of those other things. Um, And then you've had a lifelong chance to build up your savings. So they usually have a significant amount more in that some sort of a savings and account or an investment account um, that they have access to, right? It's not something that's completely tied up anymore based on their stage of life. Um, in addition, um, you know, that population could also be looking at declining cognitive or physical abilities, and that could isolate them from family or friends, leading them um, open to some of those scams where that connection is key in order for the fraudsters to build trust with our victims in order to coerce them to do some of the things that they maybe wouldn't be able to, or they wouldn't consider doing in the past. What are some of those scams that you're seeing? I know obviously, again, it's building that trust with these individuals, but what are some of the things that you're seeing most often that are occurring? With that type of age group, um, you know, we see a lot of government imposter scams. So whether it's the Social Security or some sort of law enforcement, you know, they'll call them and they'll make note that they have back taxes or an online shopping scam where there's like a fake website set up and it appears to be a legitimate website, but then it directs you to a different type of website that harvests a lot of their information Um, or a tech support scam. You know, not a lot of that population. Some people are very, very savvy and some people haven't had as much experience with it. So they may get a call from a Microsoft or somebody and say, hey, you have an issue with your computer and click on this link. And again, trying to harvest all of that information, data gather some of that so they can be financially exploited. So I would say that those are most common, a lot of those types of scams. A lot of those that you had mentioned have this technology aspect to it. Why is that so prevalent right now? And are there specific online scams that they should be aware of? So technology changes super fast, right? What was relevant yesterday is not relevant today. And I find it hard. And I think a lot of generations find it hard to even keep up with all of those, regardless of your age. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for our younger generations, a lot of that, that technology and that fast paced changing environment has been there since they've been born. That's something our older generation has not had to deal with. And so I think that's a lot of why in the age of technology, they can help facilitate that exploitation of those individuals because it's something they're not aware of and it's something they don't know. Right. Additionally, if I am somebody that's isolated or I don't have a lot of people around me, it gives me an outlet for communication to build that trust up with somebody that I haven't met. And so then that person is being led to believe that they're talking to somebody that cares about them. Mm -hmm. They create that relationship with them and they're wanting to establish that connection because we're all humans and we want that connection. Right. So... technology gives us the ability to easily do that, whether it's as simple as the phone or whether you're going through an online means. Right. That can be really scary. Just not even knowing. Yeah. And they're trying to build these connections with those, with people. And And when you don't have a lot of people anymore to build connections with, you're going to look to 
the easiest place to build that right. connection. So kind of with that, that in mind, it was what are the warning signs or red flags of that elder care fraud that family or care, caregivers or somebody that maybe knows that person should recognize? And then from that, how do they protect themselves? I think the biggest piece is, is really just listening to the, the, those individuals, um, especially when it comes to that financial exploitation, hearing what they're talking about. Are they talking about a new individual? Are they getting a little bit more secretive with their information? Are they holding things back? Um, similar to how you would have those conversations, you know, maybe with your kiddos or a niece or a nephew in that younger de- generation on being groomed on like a social media app mm-hmm. to not tell your parents, the same thing is going to probably be true with that elder um, generation. Like, oh, they wouldn't understand our relationship. Don't tell them these things. Um, And so looking for kind of some of those warning signs. And if you're on some of those accounts, um, you know, watching those transactions, is there different types of transactions that have has started to take place on the account that maybe is out of pattern compared to what they have experienced in the past? Very good. We, from a financial standpoint, that is where we're living and breathing on a day-to-day basis. What are some of the financial consequences that the the elderly could um, be up against in in situations like this? Um, So there's been a lot of different studies around elder abuse. It's really hard to kind of get a definite number because a lot of it goes unreported. So the most recent study that I've seen from the FTC has found that like one in 10 older Americans experience some sort of elder abuse. Um, However, there's been some recent studies that about 25 to 50% of cases go unreported. So that one in 10 is actually probably really low compared to what's actually occurring. Um, And the financial results of that are in the billions of dollars based on the scenario and the type of scam. Wow. It's just disturbing to think about it. Like we've been saying it can happen to anybody, but just when you're thinking about someone who is vulnerable, who, I mean, not knowing even how to use a phone sometimes that the phones are itself can be confusing to anyone and overwhelming. Yeah. And then trust and you're clicking on things and you feel like you're just doing what you're supposed to do. And then to your point, you know, you want to connect with people. There's just, there's a lot at risk. Well, and once they've built that connection, it's really hard to break. And so like I tell them all the time, you've worked really hard, regardless of what your life looked like or what your occupation was or whatever, you've worked really, really hard to get where you're at. And you're, you know, somebody is trying to take that from you and nobody deserves those assets except for you. Right. You worked hard for those. Right. So how can financial institutions and credit unions assist in preventing this type of fraud and what measures are in place to detect and report that those suspicious transactions? Um, the biggest piece is education, just being aware and asking questions. Um, I know at Centris, we do a lot of education around, um, you know, looking for red flags or transactions that are appearing a little bit out of normal. And then, um, you know, being okay asking some of those questions around Help me understand what this is for, you know, and looking for other red flags of signs of like, you know, somebody is on the phone and they won't get off the phone and they're asking for these larger requests and next steps for our front line in order to escalate those transactions so we can hopefully help prevent losses for any population. I know you've said specifically your department, if you have a question, call into your financial. They can help you from fraud, from wherever you are in, in that in that type of, of landscape. But 
who should you turn to besides your financial if you sus suspect elder care fraud? Um, the best place to call is going to be the Adult Protective Services, which is a division of the Department of Health and Human Services. And so their phone number is 1-800-652-1999. And when you call them, they'll ask for some generic information based on the victim that you're reporting. And the good thing to note is it's 100% confidential. Um, they will share with law enforcement um, as appropriate, but um, they're never going to be able to necessarily trace it back to you. So even if you're not 100% sure, it potentially could warrant a call. That way they can verify that claim and help determine any next steps. That's really good information. Mm -hmm. um, we'll make sure we'll, we include those phone number, that phone number in the description of this podcast. So Absolutely. don't feel like you have to rewind and fumble for pen and paper <laughs> listeners. Unless we got you. Really you. want to rewind. Unless you want to keep rewinding and yes. listening. That's keep listening. Fine. Yes. So in addition to having um, a resource that they can call, are there other ones that are available online or education that's available that can help those victims maybe recover their losses or just simply educating themselves in hopes that maybe something like this doesn't happen to them or even to a family member? So if you're a caregiver... Education is really the biggest way to avoid losses. And so um, I know AARP and the Business Better Business Bureau have put on different um, educational seminars and things in the past. They also have other blogs and resources that you can read. Centris also has an elderly financial abuse um, blog that's on our cybersecurity center. Um, and the CFPB has consumer education that's available as well regarding elder abuse and dependent care. Um, and so you can find resources there as a caregiver or as somebody that is concerned about um, an elderly family member or elderly member that you're connected to. Great. All information we'll, we'll provide. Yep. It's great. I love it. All right. So we've come to the end. I know your time on the show was too short. Way too short. But we're going to end it with our, our staple question. So uh, we ask, oh, what's your penny? We don't ask that. We ask it this way. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to ask for a penny or do it for your thoughts. And I don't even think that's right. But things that you want to leave our listeners with today that they'll remember from, from this episode. The biggest piece is just checking in on those that are around you and being present, um, asking questions and like really listening to those responses because those social, iso social isolations um, and, you know, being alone and not feeling heard is a huge reason why our elderly members are targeted for these scams. And so the more we can talk to them and educate them about the things that we are seeing or hearing or reading, the better prepped they're going to be in order to know how to respond when something potentially, you know, sketchy occurs and they're not 100% sure what to do. Or they know that they have a listening ear to somebody and they feel connected to their friends and their family and their community um, without having to look outside to somebody that maybe has ill will intentions. Michelle, thank you so much. Thanks yeah. for what you do and your yes. team does. We it's appreciate amazing. you so much. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on the podcast and for being just a part of a team that really helps protect our members, also our employees, and just centrist overall. So we thank you very much. Thanks for having me. For our listeners out there, if you have any financial topics you want more education on, you can email us at Penny for your thoughts at centrisfcu.org and we'll track down the right subject matter expert to come onto the show. 
Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and help other listeners find us by rating, reviewing, and sharing the latest episode. You can also follow Centris on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and the platform formerly known as Twitter. Or check out our website at centrisfcu.org, where we have a great blog full of helpful financial tips, tricks, and information. And if you just want to chat with one of our amazing experts, you can give us a call at 402-334-7000. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, everyone. A Media Production.